Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. I want to introduce you to the program Natalie Eganoff, who is an on-air personality, producer, and digital content strategist based here in Philadelphia. She has over a decade of experience in the Philadelphia media, including being a featured on-air personality as part of two of the highest-rated sports talk shows in Philadelphia history, Angelo Cataldi and the WIP Morning Show and the Mike Messinelli Show Radio and TV Simulcast on 97.5, the Fanatic and NBC Sports Philadelphia, among many, many other various media roles. Natalie, welcome to Evening Words. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, This was awesome. I was really excited to get the invite because... You know, I love to talk sports whenever given the opportunity, as you just uh, as you just mentioned for, my resume. That's sure. kind of what I do. So this is great to be here. Thank no, you so no, much. Thank you for coming on. We we want you to. So there's a lot of there's a lot of Philadelphia news. We're not going to get to it all in this segment. But there's a lot of Philadelphia <laughs> sports news. I want to get some of your insights on because you kind of, you know, you, you've you've been an insider in the sports world for a while. And yeah. I want to I want to start with the Sixers, Natalie. I, mean, ah. I know I want, I want to start. I know, I know it's sad and depressing. <laughs> I know it's sad and depressing news, but first, can we just back up a little bit to the the night of the game of the fine and all that stuff? I mean, we've been debating here back and forth with different callers about like whose call it was, who should have reported them on the injury report. I, not that stuff doesn't matter to me as much as how do you how do you see the pressure that the NBA puts on MVP players now with the sixty five game rule? Like, what's your interpretation of that part? of this whole saga. So it's it's interesting that you bring that up, and I think that that's the crux of the conversation, right? Especially mm-hmm. when it comes to Joel Embiid, his load management, and, and it's kind of an ongoing discussion that has been happening for years. Mm-hmm. This, it's not just because they implemented this rule this year, I feel. it's It's been controversial since he's entered, since he's come to Philadelphia, and now, James, we're talking 10 years ago, right? It doesn't seem like it's been 10 years, but, man, we got 10 years worth of NBA seasons on MB's body. That is very sad. So, And and that's what concerns me the most about all of this. But Mm. to your point, kind of implementing these rules this late in his career, especially, like you're saying, the wear and tear on the body. Yeah. it's hard for me to it's hard for me to reconcile with the NBA on that because I do think there is something to be said for his longevity for his longevity in the league mm-hmm. for you know how much he does sacrifice himself when he, he is on the court I think mm-hmm. you know when you watch Joel that man is not afraid to throw his body around. And right. a, a, anytime I watched him for years, it's like, oh no, he's flying into the chairs behind the net. You know? Right, like, right. Like, he's never shied away from the physicality of it. So I always looked at load management as as a little bit like an organizational decision that should be at the discretion for their on court strategy, if you right. will. Right. Um. So I didn't particularly love that the NBA implemented this role. They're saying he has to play it. Then they put more pressure on him because he was the MVP, right? And right. it's and then the fan base gets involved. There's always he should be playing this game. He shouldn't be play, playing that game. But the way I look at it now through this context is Joel has been here for a decade. We've seen him wow. play for the last ten years, and these things are only going to increase. These issues, I think, are only going to increase with That's him right. because he's getting older. And if he has, you know, the 65 games a year, I don't know how much more we're going to get out of him since this is the current state of affairs with a torn meniscus. 
Yeah, I, I want to get to that in a minute, too, because that's just <laughs> a, a, a nightmare. It looked, though, like Coach Nurse had a certain kind of strategy, Natalie, going even before, before this injury where he would kind of let JoJo just play his heart out first couple of quarters, maybe even a third quarter, but then he would sit him. Yeah. And, and that seemed like the load management, at least in-season load management, that made sense to me. Now, he still is, he's getting his points. He's still competitive. The games still count. But what, what, how does he end up in the fourth quarter of a game they're going to end up losing? With that, if that seemed to be the strategy. Well, I, I mean, it's could, you know, I think sometimes for him, he also wants to carry the team right. himself. That's right. So I think in that moment, he, I, I would guess that maybe he asked for more time. Yeah. I, I think there should have been more consideration from Nick Nurse. Like you're saying, his strategy all year was to manage it in the games where he is playing. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if Joel was like, I'll take this on and, Again, like I said, he's aggressive and he's not afraid to put himself out there and put his body on the line physically. That's why we love him, right? We're like, he's tough. He's, he's, Philly he's tough. a Philly guy. That's right. He's a Philly guy. And he's always has been since he came here. So um, I, I would like to think that it, it was a little bit of the both of them. Uh, okay. But again, going forward, maybe it's a lesson for Nick Nurse in the long term where next year he'll have to he'll say, no, Joel, like we can't do that. We can't risk it with you because – Again, it's going to be another year of wear and tear on his body. Yeah, and so maybe you can settle the debate I've been having with one caller about like who kind of makes the ultimate decision because the caller is like, well, the protocol is that the, you know the doctor makes the decision. I'm like, I'm sure the doctor, I'm sure that's what it says on, on paper. But you want to tell me that coach, the coach doesn't say. You want to tell me that JoJo's not saying, hey, I'm going to go out and play even if I'm limping. I mean, I, I but but you you've been more inside this world than I have. When you yeah. and I don't want to get anybody in trouble here. I'm just curious okay. as to like how does. Who, who makes those kinds of ultimate decisions about whether or not a star player of the caliber of Embiid is actually going to go on to the court? It, to me, it wouldn't make sense that a team doctor has the ultimate decision in those kind of situations. I mean, I would say more likely than not, if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say 85% of the time it's the star. Young, no, Jordan, pl- no- young Jordan, please record that. Please, please make a note I, of that. Okay, we got sports I, I, journalists here. 85% it's the star. That- I mean, look, and I'm just kind of spitballing these numbers. So 85%, I would think it's the star. 5%, it's probably the coach. And then like 10% is that team doctor who's really telling the star the actual ramifications on whether or not they continue to play injured. Mm -hmm. But I know for a fact that a lot of stars in this city, not just in basketball, but football, hockey, baseball, a lot of these guys play a little bit hurt than they let than they lead on because they're natural competitors you know we've, we've Jalen Hurst played hurt all season long and wouldn't even oh. talk to the media about what his injuries were Natalie okay James it's so funny that you bring that up because I have been saying that all season I've been telling everybody I said this man is more hurt than he's letting on he's I not telling anybody he's hurt and he was not going to tell a soul he was hurt. And even even when his finger popped out, you know, <laughs> exactly like we can see your fingers bent the wrong way, dude. It, it's bent the wrong way. It's popped out of your hand. And he's like, nope, I'm just going to pop it in, play through it. And I think these guys, I they're natural competitors. And that's why I love these guys for the city. Right. And yeah. we love them. Jalen Hurts. Joe that's Alvin. right. That's right. They're they, good Philly athletes. You're right. And I'm listening. We're mixing up franchises here. We're, let's 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 finish up with the Sixers. I definitely want to get okay. to. To the Eagles. And so, okay, torn meniscus. He's going to have the MRI information. He's going to have surgery. I don't know how long he's going to be out. What what, what, Handicap this season. That's the wrong use of the term right now. But think about how, what's the rest of the Sixers season look like from from, from where you sit? Um, From where I sit, 
I'm intrigued to see, I think the next month, March is going to be really telling, I think. But taking him out of the mix and not having him, especially during the stretch toward the playoffs, I mean, I don't think it bodes well for the team, unfortunately. Uh, Maxie's great. You know, he he's playing is out of his mind. Great he's Philly having, athlete. Another great Philly athlete. Yeah, yeah. he's mm-hmm. having you know like 50, 50 point games. Yeah, and and that's amazing. That we t- think about this during the pro- the process, right? If you will go back. 2010, 2011, 2012, all those years, we would have, you would have told us we would have a Joel Embiid and a Tyrese Maxey. We would have been like, what? Right. Two, you know, they both have what? Over eight games with to combine. It could be more now. Last I checked where they both had more than 30 points. That's like right. those statistics are just, that's what we want here. Yeah. Um, but is it enough for, for them like, to exit the second round realistically when they haven't been able to exit the second round with Joel and right. with you know, the star caliber players they had last year, they haven't shown me anything this year that makes me feel any more comfortable now that he's out of the equation. I don't think it bodes well. Yeah. And I could just be protecting myself mentally, you know? <laughs> oh, man. No, I know we're, we're, we're sad over here. And, and young Jordan, I don't know if you have any questions, Sixers questions, but this is my last Sixers question. So we, you know, we're in the stretch. We, we're probably going to drop our seeding a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we would probably, you know, depending upon how JoJo comes back, we might not be able to make the kind of playoff run that f- people want. But doesn't this mean that the GM and the brass at the Sixers now have to hold tight, no midseason trades, no trade deadline trades, and just keep all the capital for the big offseason? I mean, I hate to say it like the season's over, but doesn't this injury mean that you just forego the all-star break? You go right through the all-star break and just keep your capital and make the what should you know the kind of the bigger move that you can make with with calorie with salary cap space and 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 draft picks and all that in the summer of 2024 i i tend to agree with that and i i agree with you in saying you know you never want to say the season's a wash but yeah. but strategy wise from an organizational perspective for a long again we have to consider long term here and i don't like to bring it up but again we have to consider joel's longevity and you're right we're going to have to build for the future and the sixers Luckily, again, from the process, they've got picks and we, they've been wheeling and dealing for every summer to yeah. try and figure things out. And unfortunately, I think it's going to be, like you're saying, another one of those summers where they're going to be stacking things. They're going to be moving pieces around, mm-hmm. um, you know, compensatory picks and all this other stuff that that they generally do. So I do feel like it's going to be one of those summers. And I don't oh, really man. think they're going to make any other moves unless unless something falls out of the sky. but the Somebody really of- good would have to become available over the next couple of weeks or so, I um, think, to, to change that calculus. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think so, too. Uh, so, so, Young Jordan, any Sixers questions? I mean, not really. I mean, uh, there is some speculation about, like, uh, the Sixers being interested in, like, Kyle Lowry if he gets bought, bought out or something like that. Uh, uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> what do I think about that selfishly yeah. as somebody who watched him play basketball at Cardinal mm-hmm. Doherty High School? <laughs> <laughs> I was in the loony bin watching him. I was very blessed as a as a teenager. Um, I personally want him to come home. You know, um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> is he? I mean, again, he would be. I think a great athlete for the city. Is he passed? I mean, he's older than he's what thirty seven. He, he's, he's past his prime. He's past prime, his yeah. prime. But we don't have to give up anything to get him, right? Right. No, I don't think so. I I, so. I would love him. I would love him, especially especially now. A little bit of a homecoming. He might be he might be better playing in front of the hometown crowd, you know. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not opposed to Kyle Lowry mm. for any reason. 
Mm-hmm. And I could be biased. Like I said, I watched him in Do- at Doherty, but. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can, can we switch it to the Eagles cool. now? Can we switch yeah, go, to the Eagles go, before go we run right out of time? Ahead, man. <laughs> I'm enjoying this conversation. So I know. So 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 Natalie, this is like a news show, but Young Jordan and I like talk sports like at the beginning oh, of every amazing. show. So hopefully you'll come back on and talk sports with us again. Um, I would love to. This was great for sure. But we, now we got we, we we got a few minutes. And we got to talk about the Eagles a little bit. So so yeah. so. <clears throat> One, thank you for, for validating my, my suspicion that Jalen Hurts was playing hurt all season long, even though he wouldn't talk to the media about it. But you've seen some of the changes. We got Vic uh, Fangio coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Kellen Moore coming in. Give us your assessment of the moves that the Eagles have made at the coordinator positions for, for the 2024 season. Okay. So first defensively, I, there's a lot of people who say Vic Fangio, he's been in the league. 30 years. Um, mm. He has, you know, 30 years of coaching experience. They don't necessarily think that his type of, um, off, his type of coaching style from mm. what I, from what I've gathered and what I read will mesh well with the Eagles. However, mm. for me, I think somebody with 30 years of experience, yeah. um, who has been called one of the best defensive minds in the NFL is exactly what the Eagles need right now because mm-hmm. I think that what they're lacking is a little bit of that experience um, when it comes to defensive play calling, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think we saw that a lot this year yes, uh, with did. all the moves with all the moves that they had to make in season. Um, and I would rather have somebody who has longevity, has had a successful career. Mm-hmm. The argument is he never won a Super Bowl. However, Sometimes it takes a while. There are coaches who have great seasons but never win Super Bowls. Does not mm-hmm. mean that they were a bad coach? Not necessarily. You know, mm-hmm. like getting to the Super Bowl is such a – such a the odds are always stacked against you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like Vic for that reason. I think that he'll be a nice balance um, to Nick Sirianni. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that he'll be afraid to kind of challenge – Anybody. He which, will not which, be afraid to challenge anybody on that coaching staff or to challenge Howie. He's not going to be afraid to ch- <laughs> right? Exactly. Because he's like, look, I've been doing this for 30 years mm-hmm. and you brought me in here. So I think that you guys should listen to me. So I like that for that reason. I like him for that reason. Kellen Moore, I, I don't hate it. It's I kind of love that he was with the Cowboys and now, <laughs> <laughs> now he's with us. Um, so I, I don't hate that move either. I think that he's been decent. And again, I think about I look at this Super Bowl this weekend and Andy Reid mm. and how much he's grown as a coach. Yeah, because he could not manage the clock like that when he was here in Philadelphia. He literally no, couldn't do it. Nope. No, and again, that comes with experience. Um, so there's a part of me that Kellen Moore has the experience from the Cowboys, mm-hmm. Vic Fangio, you know, the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. He wanted to come here last year. Couldn't right, make it. we couldn't make it work, yeah. And then years, but having all that experience from years before, I think it'll they'll both be a nice balance to Sirion, mm-hmm. is what I think. Because I'm not, sh- I feel like he's a little bit of like a, like a, not like a yes man, but I'm not sure that he, I think he over, he questions himself and he overthinks things sometimes. I so think I'm that's a thinking- very nice way of putting it. I, I think, <laughs> I think the, the challenge with the coordinators this year is I don't think there was anybody who could like son Nick Sirianni and I think Vic coach Vic can do that he can exactly right he can like sit down Sonny sit down Sonny this is what we need to do yeah and I think Nick is like he's kind of like this puppy right he's like we're gonna do great and everybody's gonna get along (laughs) and 
we're all going to be, we're all going to, you know, we're going to grow flowers and this is a garden. And I'm like, look, I love that. Right. Like yeah. we all need a little kindness and positivity in the world, but this is also football. And it's also and Philadelphia. <laughs> and it's also Philadelphia football. So there needs to be a balance. And I, I do think the coordinators will add a nice balance to Sirianni this year. And I do think that if this goes wrong, both him and Howie are on the hot seat next year. Ooh, Howie too. I think Howie, yeah. If if, wow. if they lose, like they lost this year, next year, I think I think Howie's on the hot seat too. This but year how was long, how long's his leash? Yeah, you know? I, I, well, I mean that's a good question. I mean, I I would hope that Howie Roseman's leash got a little bit longer when Jalen Hurts developed into the franchise quarterback, right? Like that yeah. has to count for something. But you're right. There's such a humiliating way to end a season last year that. Maybe the ownership is like, we just can't go through that again. We can't, no, we can't do that. No, because there's still no real catalyst as to what exactly happened. The fan base still doesn't know. I, again, I personally, and like you said, I think Hertz was more hurt than he yeah, let on. And yeah. they really couldn't do anything with Marcus Mariota. So I think that that was a problem. Dude, coming in the first place with an interception. Like, that's, we need a better backup. That, if you're talking about, let's, if you want to talk about talent, there's de- we definitely yeah. need a better backup quarterback next year. For sure. One would, one would think somewhere. I'm like, Marcus Mariota, we were trying to get him in 2014, again, a decade ago. A like, decade ago. I, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, hopefully they'll find a better backup for Jalen and he'll come back. I mean, I, and a I linebacker never, who can run a 4 4. A linebacker, forty-five or something. Yes, that would be uh, that would be ideal. Any linebacker, because that you know they banked on Nicobe Dean this year. He got hurt early yeah, on, and yeah. it's like you can't bank on that one linebacker. No, you need a core. That's right. And Howie said in his press conference when him and Nick talked to the media, he did say um, he's like, you know, people think that we don't focus on linebackers, and I'm like, but do you? I don't I don't think not that the you, same way you focus on the line like you guys do focus on the defensive line. Look at how many yes. players you've had rotate through that system yes. uh, for so many. And look how downhill they play. They're, they're better coached <laughs> and they're like, they, you know, they've they've better personnel, better coached. Right. So I don't know which one is which for them, but it's both both sides. We have not seen that once the last. I mean, Jeremiah Trotter is the last linebacker whose name I really want to like say wow. in, in terms of Philadelphia football. Yeah. I don't know about you, young Jordan, but that's where I am. No, I say the same thing to Jeremiah Trotter. It's like Every the last time somebody asks me that, I say Jeremiah Trotter. This is the last great. Uh, for, listen, we got to get ready to let Natalie go. But young Jordan, do you have any questions for Natalie? Did I miss anything for the Eagles, Sixers? No, I think you're spot on. You, you pretty much touched get on it? everything. <laughs> so, Natalie. Yeah. Egenhoff, thank you so much for joining us. And listen, we we are going to ask you back because you know we we need the sports journalism here every once in a while. We all news all the time. Thank you guys uh, so much. This was a blast, honestly. And I'm here, so just hit me up whenever. You've been listening to Word Radio on Demand. Listen live at ninety six point one FM, nine hundred AM, and online at wordradio.com. 